This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. You are entering a mock draft. Live from the FantasyFootballShow.com studios, it's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is up, good people? You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. It is Friday, July 1. That means it's fantasy football season, baby. A lot of people like us, we're embedded, we're absorbing all year long, but the 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 amount of people that are going to flood into the channel here as we get into July, usually around July 4th, which is kind of weird. It's like a, a time of the year where people just flip the switch. The magazine drafters, the fantasy Karens, all of our buddy boys that barely study are going to come flowing in, but that's okay. We welcome all walks of fantasy football life. It doesn't matter if you're a casual. We'll take you in. We'll turn you into a fantasy football monster. We don't we don't care. We'll take anybody in cuz that's the way we roll. It's time for the news. From the fantasyfootballshow.com news desk. Here is your breaking news. Before we get into phone calls and voicemails and all the fun stuff we have a few things to talk about. This is very brief, but Deshaun Watson, this case looks like it's going to take a lot longer than we thought to, to get a ruling. Sue Robinson, the judge, the retired judge that turned into the disciplinary officer that's that's making the determination is going to potentially make the determination or the ruling provided after July 11th or on July 11th. Um, it looks like both sides, both parties are required to submit a brief and have a scheduled brief on the 11th. That means that we're not hearing anything probably until after that time frame. Appreciate everybody being in here. Uh, Yes, this is a live stream. Hod Prime first in the building. Gary second in the building. Jeb is third. He's been first for a while. Michael KCPA overcome. Ricky four. Gary, James, Frake, uh, Smitty, Calvin, Jack. The usual suspects are in here. The question is, is Deshaun Watson even worth drafting and redraft? I'd love to know. Please let me know what you think in the chat, and I'll drag your response on the screen. Do we draft Deshaun Watson and redraft 2022? I think we kind of have to, you know, but where do we draft him? So I guess answer the question yes or no, that's fine. But give me like a a value or a, a round that you would actually grab this guy in. Silver in the building. Call Saul in the building. Slayer's in the building. Tariq. Uh, animal science is in the building. Attaboy. Attaboy, animal science. Uh, Terry Roberts in the building. Zach, Brad, all of you. Appreciate you being here. Hit the subscribe button if you're new. Punch the thumb up button if you haven't already. Wipe your feet. Where are we drafting Deshaun Watson? Are we drafting Deshaun Watson in redraft? I kind of think you got to draft him, but is it worth taking him anywhere before like round 10? Like, can we honestly draft Deshaun Watson before round 10? I don't know that I could. In best ball drafts, I'm not taking him before 10. And you can do best ball drafts over at 
thefantasyfootballshow.com or the link is in the description below. Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code SMITTY or the link in the description and get on over to Underdog and start taking advantage of some of the values we're seeing like Kenneth Walker, 6, 7, 8. Really 7 and 8. Brees Hall is now falling to round 4. There's a movement around Brees Hall not being the full-time guy out the gate and let it be there. Let it simmer. Let it make Hall's value shove into round four. Absolutely love it. Win a league. Win a league. Draft selection 2022 is Brees Hall. Brees Hall is probably my, right now, he's probably my favorite fantasy football draft selection, but it's all about getting him as late as you can. I'm okay with you doing it in round three. I do it in round three all the time. But it all comes down to the pre-rank list, the flow of draft. If you force and become impatient, you can lose out on some value. But like in a best ball draft, which is where I was going off on a tangent. This guy, Watson, I'm drafting like maybe round 14 or 15. Why not in case he plays eight games? Maybe he only misses six to eight games. Ryan Kilpatrick in the building uh, says this. He says, yeah, Watson is going to miss six to ten games. So it's like you could get six games out of them five six games out of them in best ball that could be good but in redraft are you really gonna roster deshaun watson hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For 10, 11, 12 weeks in a, a league where you're setting lineups, you, you have short benches. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think in best ball, it makes sense in like 14, 13, 15 round territory. In redraft, it becomes complicated. Uh, I think if you've got very, very big benches, then of course you can afford to grab them. Uh, not really excited about Watson, even on underdog, says Macho Taco. I don't blame you. No one said I'm excited, Macho. I'm not excited about anything related to this situation. This Watson situation is a mess. He should be out for the entire season, is what I'm, uh, is what I'm expecting. But the NFL is fickle. The NFL jumps around, isn't consistent. It's not consistent with the ownership versus the players, the players versus the ownership, suspending Calvin Ridley for a year, which I do think is probably something to consider. But then when you have other players doing different things and they go, they, they get suspended for less time, or you have Josh Gordon being suspended for his entire life for things that I believe don't really necessarily make sense. And the NFL has been like this for a while. So now Roger Goodell in an attempt to save face and make people think he's all about the people in the league, puts together this corrupt back asswards, as we say, process where Sue Robinson, this independent disciplinary officer, is going to give a ruling on something that Roger Goodell could completely overrule. It's like, let's put a different process in place. And then if it's discipline, I'll come in and I can do whatever I want. Now, I do think Goodell, I do think Goodell could definitely be a, uh, a, a uh, in this situation, a person that doesn't want to push the, you know, the envelope, doesn't want to circumvent the system he set up to make it look like 
he he's going to try and stay out of this. So I, I think if Sue Robinson comes in with 10 games, I don't think Goodell, and I could be wrong, no one can predict what's going to happen. I don't think that Goodell is going to step in and be like, I'm going to give this a, uh, an indefinite suspension. Sue, thank you for your time. Appreciate you. Sue, we didn't really need you, Sue. You were all just a, a front so we could act like we're taking this thing seriously and having an independent look at it. We're corrupt. Go ahead, Sue. Get out of here, Sue. We're going to give them 10 games. We don't like your ruling. We're going to give them uh, uh, indefinite suspension. That's certainly in the realm of possibility with Goodell, but I think he knows that's how it's going to look. So he'll probably stay as close to Sue's recommendation as, as he can. If Sue said a year, then I think Goodell would say, okay, we'll take that, but we're going to do an indefinite. I could, I could see that, but I don't think you could connect the dots. They're not close enough to go from 10 games to an indefinite. Like, never mind, Sue, get out of here. He'd look really bad. Goodell would look really bad. So don't expect a ruling until after or on the 11th. And that's all I got to say about that. Next up is Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, is he a super sleeper? Is Kareem Hunt back in the sleeping giant category? What do you mean, Smitty? We've been drafting Kareem Hunt as a standalone running back two low end or flex option for years. Well, I've got good news for you, Bob. This man, Kareem Hunt, who's been impossible to handcuff to Nick Chubb because he has standalone value, or he did. Now he's kind of back to handcuff territory. You're not hearing anybody talk about this man, Kareem Hunt, anymore. Everybody's acting like he is a backup, a handcuff, a nothing burger, a guy that's not going to help you win leagues at all. And I'm not saying he's a league winner necessarily, but I think the overwhelming consensus out in the fantasy football space right now is that, and I know this is these are two characters back to back that we got, we got here. Like these are, hello Deshaun, how you been? What have you been doing? What are you up? What have you been up to, Deshaun? Hey Kareem Hunt, what have you been up to? What has this come to? What has this come to? Where the back to back news pieces have to be the individuals that are out there causing havoc in in the in the in, in society. Uh, Kareem Hunt's been pretty quiet for a while. Let's give him a break. Okay. No, I don't know. No, we shouldn't. I don't know. Kareem Hunt, back to fantasy football, because that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to, to judge. I'm not here to be that kind of person. I'm here to tell you what to do in your fantasy draft. I don't have feelings when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'm a hardened shell of a man. A, a hairy American fighting machine for you. I fight for you. I work for you. And I'm telling you right now, I'm sensing a little bit of Kareem Hunt doubt right now that makes him kind of an attractive, you screw up your running back situation and he's sitting there to help kind of solve your problem. I don't mind Kareem Hunt in that role. I'm not asking Kareem Hunt to be my high-end running back too, and neither should you. And that's not what I'm saying. And if you take that from what I'm saying, you aren't paying attention or understand the assignment. Ron Navy... Dropping a super wad is what we call them now. B, uh, let's see, BB3, Best Ball Mania 3 is what BB3 means. It doesn't mean some kind of, uh, you know, type body type. <laughs> BBW, BB3. It's it's Best Ball Mania 3, okay? So calm down, Denny. I know Denny's watching right now. JT, Javante, 
Brees Hall, Jam Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams? Uh, JT Javante Hall. I like that. I don't know about Jamal Williams, but I like JT Javante Brees Hall. You can't get better than that, big man. You cannot get better. I do wonder what your wide receivers look like, Ron, but you can't get better than those RBs. That's absolutely phenomenal. Ron is a legend. Ron's just a straight-up American legend just sitting there. Sitting there, enjoying the show on the daily, becoming one of the most hardcore followers we have right now. Absolutely love him. Barkley season is upon us, says Colin. If you say so, Colin, I don't think it's impossible, but if you say so, I'm not I'm not going to go near that uh, and, and, and coin him as uh, uh, one of the people that get the moon calls here on the show. No, thank you. Maybe Chubb at the right price. Look, here, we're going to talk about Chubb right now in a second. So I wanted to say right now, that Kareem Hunt has very sneaky flex value right now. Very sneaky low-end running back two value if you screw up your running back two building process in your draft. This guy deems that he's 100% healthy. Kareem Hunt played with a calf and ankle injury last season. He was held back. He was hampered. Yes, injuries are part of the concern and red flags that would come along with drafting Kareem Hunt, so you need to know that. But the risk is pretty much all 100% just completely baked in. It's baked in. You take that thing out of the oven and the dough won't fall. It's risen. It's going to stay there. There's no way this man disappoints you from his newfound, like, almost backup, like, almost, almost Alexander Madison territory, really is where you can sometimes find Kareem Hunt. That's not a knock on my boy, Alexander Madison. I love Alexander Madison. He's one of, still, my favorite sleeping giant. I snipe him from every cook owner I can find. I love Alexander Madison, but Kareem Hunt used to live in the fourth round. Kareem Hunt used to live in the fourth and fifth round. He's falling back into Alexander Madison round six, seven, eight territory. I don't even know where I could suggest you would get him. To be honest with you, because he's kind of he's kind of all over the map. Some people, these magazine drafters that come in here and they say, I don't know what I'm doing. They see Cream Hunt and they're like, I remember this guy. He was going in the fourth round. Let's take him. You know, so ADP is all jacked up. Although I do have my ADP ranking over at uh, thefantasyfootballshow.com. Um, so I can actually sh- share a screen on that right now and show you. This is, this is a- absolutely free here. This is uh, uh, the one product on the fantasyfootballshow.com that is free for all to enjoy and, and just absorb. And that, right, my friends, is right here. If you click on this link here, ADP rankings, or if you hover over rankings and click on ADP ranks, everything else is locked down. And you should be subscribed and, and purchase the product anyways because this is the best fantasy football content on the planet. I may be biased. That may be a very biased statement, but I, I do believe it. Can I get an amen from someone in the audience that is actually subscribing to this? Can we get some confirmation that you have the best rankings on the planet? ADP rankings are free to test out and try. Oh, apparently they aren't. Apparently I got to unlock those. <laughs> my bad, my bad. I, I put an Instagram post up and uh, my bad. I got to unlock that. I'll unlock that. Don't worry. Don't worry. Calm down. Calm down. ADP rankings will be free in just a little bit. That's <laughs> my fault. Uh, I'll pull those up later, too. Uh, anyway, where were we? Cream <laughs> Hunt. They're free. They're free. Pay. They're completely free. 
You must pay. <laughs> Jeez. Way to go, Smitty. You had one job to do last night when you went to bed at 5 a.m. One job. One job to make the ADP rankings free. And now I teased everybody on Instagram. That post has been up all day. It says, this one's free. And then they click it and it says pay. God. I'll fix it at some point after the show. So so bear with me. Uh, Ron Navy dropping a super chat. Cameron dropping a super chat. Let's get to these bad boys right here. Cameron says $5 wad to celebrate us both grabbing Pollard in the Cup League. boy, Cameron. Look, I messed up in the Cup League. I'm trying to keep things moving. I'm a busy guy, okay? And in this Cooper Cup League, which I bit off more than I can chew, I ended up pre-ranking. I had quarterbacks mixed into the pre-rank. I didn't go and amend the second pre-rank after I selected through pre-ranking a quarterback and I drafted back-to-back quarterbacks in round four and five. I got Justin Herbert and I got... uh, No, wait, I got... I got Herbert or Burrow. I forget. I got Herbert or Burrow. And then I got Mahomes. I think it's Burrow and Mahomes. I think I got Burrow and Mahomes. But it's a one QB. But you know what? It's going to be a fun strategy to try out. Because in best ball, which I told you guys all about already. Uh, link is in the description. Use promo code Smitty. Or on thefantasyfootballshow.com. Click the underdog banner in the top left. On underdog, when you're drafting, uh, when you're drafting quarterbacks... It is a very common practice in best ball drafts that are one QB to, to grab two quarterbacks like Burrow and Herbert back to back, or grabbing like a, a at least a you know a Hertz and a and a Herbert even back to back because of the optimal lineups. They set the optimal lineup for you, and even though it's one QB, it you can if both quarterbacks let's say a score just for simple numbers, four hundred points each, but with an optimal optimal lineup you can get 500 points instead of 400 having two monster quarterbacks. You can win a league that way. So it's a, it's an interesting strategy. The problem I'm going to have is I'm a human being. I'm not an automated system that's going to naturally start the highest scoring player. I got to try and predict that. And as a human being, I'm probably going to screw it up. But it's going to be a fun experiment to see if I can get my team to survive and win in the Cooper Cup League while having two quarterbacks like that in a 1QB league. So it will be interesting and fun to try out. Uh, Kilpatrick dropping a super chat. Thank you, Cameron, for the wad. Cameron's the man. Cameron's our birthday boy. What is it, 26, Cameron? I don't remember a lot, but I think I was 26 years old. A lot of things go in one ear and out the other. I got too much information that comes at me all day long. You guys would be surprised at some of the things I don't remember. And my, my followers are like, bro, I just talked to you about this league literally eight minutes ago. And I'm like, bro, you got to tell me, this is PPR, this is redraft, this is dynasty. I forget everything. I have too much stuff coming into my brain. It's just, I can only fit so much. I miss Smitty telling me to get milk. And it's like, I got, I got Ryan Kilpatrick over here asking me about a flex question. The milk falls out of the ear. I don't even know. I answer Ryan and not Miss Smitty. And then I'm in the doghouse, Ryan. Vamp dropping a super chat. Here come the super chats. I love it. You you gotta love it. You love to hear it. Appreciate you, Vamp, dropping it. Uh, B day is on Monday. To the moon. To the moon. Appreciate you, Vamp. Uh, here was this other question. 
Mike Williams, Thielen, Hopkins, Claypool, Christian Watson, Osborne, Campbell, Westbrook. Okay, Kittle, Fryermuth. Okay, I really like what you did there. I love your running backs. Um, awesome. You know, awesome job. I, I think you need to try out, a, try out a bunch of different approaches in the Best Ball Mania 3. Link in the description. Promo code Smitty. $10 million in prizes. $2 million in first place. $1 million in second place. 470th place gets a grand. The prize, 10 million in prizes. If you get 470th place, you get a thousand dollars. Hey Ma, I got 470th place in the underdog fantasy best ball mania three. Link in description promo code Smitty. What do you think of that, Ma? 470th place. That's awful, son! My son's a moron! No, Ma! 470th place on Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Smitty. Link in description. It gets you 470th place, Mom. Gets you $1,000. My son's a genius. That's a lot of meatloaf. Yeah, Ma. Give me the meatloaf now. Now. Bring it to the basement. That's how it rolls. That's what I'm talking about. Underdog Fantasy. Link in description. Promo code Smitty. Go do it. Draft best ball. And I love that Ron Navy's dropping different approaches. He goes Javante, JT, and Brees Hall. And then he's got Kittle and Fryermuth. And then he does a nice little sleeper wide receiver rotation led by Mike Williams and a returning Hopkins later. A Claypool who I like a lot. You guys are all upset at Claypool because Claypool said something stupid. Claypool said, I'm a number, I'm not a number five wide receiver. No, never mind. I'm a top three wide receiver. He couldn't even get it straight. He said he's top five, then he changed it mid-sentence to top three. Is he five or three? What happened to four? Why can't he be four? Why is he gonna choose five or three? But this guy Claypool comes out and says, I'm a top three wide receiver. And now everybody's clowning on him. But guess what? Claypool could be the number one wide receiver on the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. Watch, watch. Grab your popcorn. Come in, you Deontay Johnson truthers, and tell me I'm crazy. Like, as if I could... I can't tell you you're crazy if you say Deontay's going to outscore Claypool. Why am I crazy? Because I say Claypool is going to outscore Deontay. He's the alpha. He's the bigger guy. He's the, the guy that could grab an errant pass because we know Mitchell Trubisky's probably... You never know, but probably not going to be the real deal. And so Claypool's going to have these these go-go gadget arms that can grab pretty much anything anywhere across, you know, the field, whereas, ow, that hurt. Deontay Johnson drops footballs, needs rapport built with the quarterback before he gets comfortable. Like, I don't know. I, I understand where you're coming from if you're a Deontay supporter. I do, and I respect you, but respect my 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 Claypool take, okay? And if anybody likes Pickens to be the number one, we need to respect them because Pickens could be the number one. Absolutely love it, Ron. Navy, keep dropping the fire. Vamp, thank you for the super chat. Kilpatrick says, thanks for helping us all out. Love what you do. Kilpatrick, I love what you do, pal. You do you do what I do from the other side of the fence, and I absolutely love it. You crush it. You crush it from a follower perspective. Kilpatrick, you are the best in the business. Okay? Kilpatrick to the moon. To the moon. Um, Where were we? Where were we? We got East Coast t- uh, Taddy. Dropping a a a uh, attaboy wad. Appreciate that one, buddy boy. What a what a wad drop right there. Appreciate you leaving that right at the doorstep. A ten dollar hauler, anything above nine ninety nine, gets an attaboy mashed potato button push. Of course, 
Uh, and then we've got another one from from Jenkins here. Jenkins, I'm going to set you right here, young man. This one right here from East Coast Taddy says, This is Todd. I changed my handle to East Coast Taddy because the o- only my friends and family call me Taddy. Uh, and you and the chat are, are greats. Terry, Rapture, uh, uh, Swaggy, and my fantasy football family. I love it, Taddy. If we can now call you Taddy and we, and we just became best friends... I'm here for it. So, East Coast Taddy, to the moon. To the moon. Appreciate you, buddy boy. And I don't hand out moonshots to just anybody. So, we're glad to have you here. You are family. Take a lap. Love the avatar here. Take a lap. Amazing. Maurice says, uh, character is tactical gear, does tactical flanking maneuver hand gestures. This must be a sticker that I'm reading. Yeah, I'm 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 reading a sticker. My my system pulls it in like this, and so sometimes I'm like, hippo character in tactical gear. What are you talking about, Jenkins? And then I look over and I see it's a sticker of a hippo in tactical gear, and he's he's doing a a flanking hand gesture maneuver. And I'm sitting here reading it. Thank you, Maurice, for dropping the super chat. If you've got a question, he does. Claypool will score ten plus times on that team, says Maurice. Maurice, finally somebody doesn't think I'm a moron when I talk about Claypool. Maurice knows what I'm talking about. He knows what time it is. Claypool is the most capable. I'm sorry, but he is, in my opinion, the most capable wide receiver on roster in Pittsburgh to drop a double-digit touchdown season because of the limitations of the quarterback situation and the movement. So, Maurice, you and I are on the same page. I know Deontay fans, put your earmuffs on while we talk about this. I know Deontay fans are just, they get they get upset. They get really upset when you say, like, ha, 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 in the comments. And usually not live comments. They're usually, you know, later on when the live's over and they can, you know, talk. It's a one-way conversation. Ha, 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 Smitty. It looks like you messed up again already. We see it. This is exactly what we are waiting for. Screenshot time. You just said Deontay's not God. I can't believe it. It's Claypool over over Deontay? How on earth could you come to that determination when they both easily and arguably have the same kind of upside and, and risk and everything. You've got injury for Claypool. You've got drop passes and rapport building problems he's proven. Uh, he's not a consistent guy. Deontay is talented, but he reminds me of Kadarius Tony. Okay, Deontay and Kadarius Tony. Tell me I'm wrong. Don't these guys feel very similar? Loaded with upside and talent. Deontay Johnson fans, I know you pulled your, your earmuff down and you're listening. You couldn't help yourself. You thought I was talking trash about him. You took the earmuffs off. I know you. I know you. I know you. And I know that you think I'm crazy. But how do you not see that Deontay has as much risk as he has upside? Can you at least acknowledge that? Can you acknowledge that, yeah, Deontay could be. Really, really could be. I'm admitting it. You're not admitting it on the other side of the coin here. I'm admitting it. He could be the number one wide receiver in Pittsburgh. For sure. Anything's possible. Pickens could be the number one wide receiver. Firemuth could lead the team in touchdowns. It's all possible. We don't know what we're looking at with this Pittsburgh Steeler passing attack. We don't know. We have no clue. Firemuth to the moon. I'm to here the moon. for it. Those moon shots are going out like candy today. I, I just think that, yeah, Ron Navy says double-digit TDs potentially for, for Firemuth. 
I mean, I don't know if that will happen. I'm not predicting that to happen, but I'm saying let's not pretend that Deontay's locked into this for sure goodness. Stop it. Stop it. Claypool could easily be the top wide receiver. The difference is Deontay's going where? Round four. Ridiculous. What are you doing? Round four. Come on. If you like Deontay, take him later. I get it. It's fine. But round four, are you out of your... I've seen him going round three. I've seen him go round three. Why? Claypool goes in round seven, eight, or nine. I've seen Claypool go in round nine. Claypool could. Admit it, Deontay owner. Claypool could outscore. Could outscore Deontay. He's going around eight and nine. Deontay's going in sometimes three. Recklessly. Sometimes three. Unbelievable. I'm surprised I didn't initiate a rant mode on that um anyway where was I I I was all over them did I miss any other super chats I think I got them all Maurice thank you East Coast Taddy Taddy's the boy the man the myth the legend the friend uh Smith um oh Smith I'm sorry he says super chat what happened to my name change Smitty what do you want it to be, Smith? Tell me what it is, and I'll go in there right now while we're live, and I'll change your name for you. I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't even see where you said what name you want to change. So can you drop another message? It doesn't have to be a super chat, but let me know. Uh, Smitty, will you be live on the 4th of July? What kind of question is this, Freddy? What do I look like? An a-hole that's going to leave you hanging, Freddy? Freddy, I work for you, Freddy. I work for you. You think I'm not going to be live on the 4th of July? I work 365, Freddy. I'm live on Christmas. Well, not at the same time, but at some point I'm going, you know, at some point I'll go live Christmas late night. I'll move the time, Freddy. Like, Freddy, be realistic. Okay, but 4th of July? I I mean, maybe I move the time. I don't know. I don't think I, I don't, I might move the time, Freddy. Be realistic, Freddy. Get off my back, Fred. No, I'm just kidding. Just I'm just kidding, Freddie. I work for you, right? Right? Uh, Maurice dropping another another wad. Claypool's TDs will be long ones, and in the red zone. Yeah, and he, and he he's an injury prone guy for sure. Definitely. East Coast Teddy says four mocks at one time for the Fourth of July. We could do that, Freddie. I like that idea, Freddie. Freddie's dropping some good ideas here. Uh, Joel, what's up? What's up, Joel? Whoever drafts DJ. In the fourth is delusional this year, says Swaggy. Um, I, you know, I, I could I could get behind that statement. I would say that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Okay, let me get off of that thing. What thing, Freddie? Freddie, there's no need to apologize, Freddie. I work. I just said I work for you, Freddie. Lance haters are dumb, says Tommy. Tommy, fi- you know, let me just say this, Tommy. Finally, something that we agree on. I think lately we haven't agreed on much of anything, but I don't love the tone, bro. I don't love the tone. Tommy, you're coming in a little negative. Negative again. You're coming in a little negative. Constantly negative. Um, Oh, get off my back. You're fine, Freddy. Just, can't you say Lance is going to be amazing? Like, why does it always have to be a negative, Tommy? Why does it have to be a negative? Why can't you come in and say Lance is going to ball? Let's go. Lance to the moon. To the moon. Mash potato. Why can't it be something To the moon. Why does it have to be a negative? Why do you got to turn it on the other followers and people that could potentially be in here that don't like Lance? They're not dumb. They just need to be enlightened to Trey Lance season. Okay, Tommy, so let's 
Let's let's let's hug Tommy. Everybody give a bro fist in the chat to Tommy or some hug of some kind, a heart. Uh Apple's got the new little, you know, hand heart thing. Show Tommy some love. Let's see what happens to Tommy when we shower him with kindness. I have a feeling Tommy might vanish into thin air. <laughs> he might dissolve in front of us, but let's try it. Let's see if Tommy, how do you handle love and hugs and support, Tommy? Because we're here for you. We're family. We're not going to abandon you when you start getting all negative on us. We're going to do an intervention, a love intervention for Tommy. Drop some love for Tommy. Do it. Smitty, do I get pasta with shrimp or lobster? I don't eat seafood. So, I, you know, do what you want. I love pasta, though. I love pasta. Okay, so anyways, wrapping up this news. It's taking forever. It's, oh, my God. We're, we've on, we're on news item two. And we've got 20 minutes left in the show. This guy right here. Draft him as a secret weapon flex option. He's falling to handcuff territory. Absolutely love it. I'm here for it. This this situation is confusing. James Cook, Singletary. We got back-to-back reports from, from The Athletic. Like, this is the same guy. This is the exact same guy. Joe. Joe Buska something. We'll call him Joe B. Joey B. From The Athletic. Says... He expects James Cook to operate as the Bills' third down back and see snaps at wide receiver. So basically be a boss. Joe B. saying that James Cook is ready to become a man. And then, this, in the same, I guess, article, The Athletic Joey B. reports that Bills coaching, the coaching staff remains firmly behind Devin Singletary. Joe, make up your mind, bro. I'm reading both of these side by side. And I'm trying to figure out where in the heck you're getting your information and what you're trying to... Are you trying to play both sides? Are you trying to lay off? Are you trying to say, Singletary will be the man, James Cook will be the man, I will be right at the end of this thing? Not really, because both could get hurt, bro. Both could get hurt. What if Zach Moss ends up being the guy? Like, he didn't, he didn't cover all your bases here, Joe. You've got three running backs you need to, to hype up. I don't understand what's going on here. I don't think anybody understands what's going on here. We can guess... Devin Singletary was absolute fire down the stretch. I want to say it was like eight TDs in the last six games Devin Singletary scored. Or no, six TD, seven, maybe seven TDs in the last six games. I forget the exact number. It was a, it was straight fire. He, he was literally on fire, burning. He was a top 10 running back. Devin Singletary exploded down the stretch. Now you could draw two conclusions. You can use my, my thinking of, okay, Penny doing well down the stretch in 2021 is more of a, a system. And I like Penny. He's good. He's good. He's not great. He's good. He has trouble staying healthy. But can you just take what he did and say, this is great news for Walker? Can you say the same thing for James Cook and say James Cook is better than Singletary? So what Singletary did is actually good news for Cook and not something that should make you fear that Singletary's entrenched because he did so good. It's tough to know. We're, we're guessing. It's a guessing game. But I think ultimately you're paying a little bit. I think you're paying a little bit higher price tag for Singletary ADP wise. So I lean in the direction of either avoiding the situation altogether or I take James Cook because I feel like he's more he's more of a, a low risk uh, proposition in redraft. In Dynasty, obviously, it's different. In Dynasty, I kind of stay away from both of them. Because I don't know or feel that James Cook is a long-term answer. 
So I'm going to definitely say stay away in Dynasty unless the price is absolutely right. And I don't like Singletary at all in Dynasty. But in Redraft, I'm saying I've seen him go a little too early. I've seen him fall to a reasonable uh, draft location. So it kind of depends on ADP, I suppose. But in the end, I'm going to roll with James Cook as being the man, the myth, uh, the semi-legend of part of the season. At what point does he take over? Your guess is as good as mine. And let's roll to the voicemail segment. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Ron Navy with the, the 20 ground. spot. Tell your grandma. Ron Navy dropping a wad on the screen right in front of everyone's face. Right here, Ron Navy says, oh, first of all. Appreciate you, Mr. Navy. Ron says, get the potential of, I'm sorry, if you get the full potential of Trubisky, but if not, then those players could be screwed. Then you get Pickett with no idea of how he will do. I drafted both week 17 and 18, um, but I have Herbert. Oh, maybe is that week 17 or week 18, Ron? What are you saying there? I have Herbert with them and got to take some chances with homer picks. Okay, I think you mean like later in the draft. Yeah, bro, your team's fine. Like you don't need to defend your wide receiver room. I love the Mike Williams. I love the Hopkins. I love uh, I love everything about the team that you drafted. In a, a in an approach where you're you're scooping and stockpiling running backs and you're gonna go kind of cheap at wide receiver. I, I don't mind that at all. I think uh I think you don't want to do it in every one of your best ball mania threes, but you want to have different varieties. Now, Ron, my next uh challenge for you is to double up quarterbacks Herbert and Burrow or Josh Allen and Herbert or Josh Allen and Burrow or Mahomes and Burrow. Those four quarterbacks, not Le- not Lamar, not any of those guys. I'm talking about the top four. Get two of the top four quarterbacks in round four and five. In round four and five, Ron. And I want to see a team built that way. Let's try that. I think you can do it. I think you could crush it. I think you'll actually really like that team. Uh, what is Tommy saying? There we go, Tommy. Good, good God, Tommy. Let's let's. After we just gave you a big hug, Tommy. Here are all Tommy's comments. Let's, I haven't read them all yet, but let's see if any of them are positive. Okay, here's Tommy. Tommy. Okay, so these are the most recent comments by Tommy. Thanks, Terry. I forgot to like. I get sidetracked easily. Oh, my God! Tommy! That's that's great. We're making big strides, bro. What's up, Terry? I love it. Look at Tommy. I think our hugs worked. Ron... It's Trash Bisky. Okay, he's, he's a little bit back. Terry, better late than never. That's okay. We're okay with that one. Uh, you know Terry living the dream, stuck in the nightmare. In a nightmare. Okay, that's a little negative. Uh, Tommy says that my 1999 Super Chat by Ron was, it reminds him of an infomercial. That's back to, that's back to a little bit negative negativity there, Tommy. I don't know about that one, bro. I mean, that's, you're kind of basically making fun of my business right there, Tommy. I'm not making fun of your guitar or anything, bro. But, uh, all right. We'll, we'll take what we could get. We got about 50% returned on our investment of throwing out hugs for Tommy. <laughs> you know, Tom, I mean, he's a, he's a pessimist. You know, he's like mom. He's like mom. Ah, son. I don't know. I don't know if you, my son, 
This is my mom. My son, he, he does videos online. I don't know. I don't I worry about him. I worry about what if the NFL goes under? What's he going to do? What's this man going to do if the NFL... What if they decide to just not have the NFL anymore? I, I mean, I understand. I mean, he does these videos. I don't even understand it. He does video. He's a video, like a game, a video game on online to my son. I don't know. I'm not sure what he does. Well, it's his life. It's his life. He does... He's a grown man. I can only do what I can do. <laughs> Oh, let's, oh, voicemails. It's my son. I don't know what he does. Hey, boys, happy Canada Day. I won't make the show today. Just wanted to say Claypool, Mechie, and Jordan Palmer to the moon. Draft yourselves a Canadian. Draft yourselves a Canadian. What do you, who are the players that he said? Are they any of them moonworthy? Say Claypool, Mechie, and Jordan Palmer to the moon. Draft yourselves a Canadian. I mean, I could, I could put clay. I don't know if I want to put Claypool to the moon. Uh, Maurice, I'm sorry I didn't see your super chat yet until right now. Uh, CD lead, in, uh, lead in yards and or TDs. I feel my Cowboys will have some fantasy studs this year. What say you are great, Smitty? I think CD Lamb could certainly flirt with top one to five wide receiver categories. You know, could he be top five in TDs? Certainly could. Could he be top five? In receptions, he certainly could. Could he be top five in yards? He certainly could. Is he going to win a triple crown? No, I don't think so. But will he be borderline four to seven for, for or what about borderline? He'll be four to seven for wide receivers, in my opinion. Do I think he'll be one? He could. I love CeeDee Lamb. I was predicting huge things for him last year, and he disappointed. Not not extremely, but he definitely underperformed based on my expectation. But But I think this is the year... You've got Cooper gone. It doesn't worry me because he's going to get more coverage. Or they move him around all over the field. There's a reason Cooper Cup doesn't get double teamed and he can't really be contained is because they put him in the slot. You can't really double team in the slot very often, if ever. And he just they move Cup all over the field and it makes it hard for them, any defense, to really game plan around it. I don't know why more teams don't run wide receivers the way the Rams run Cooper Cup. Uh, not every wide receiver can play all over the field is part of the reason, but a guy like CeeDee Lamb can, and CeeDee Lamb is an absolute monster in the slot, and the stats tell you that. The stats tell you he's one of the best receivers in the league in the slot, and so I I, I think one top one to two, it could happen, but definitely think you know it's safer to rank him around four or five or six. That's my guess. Um it wasn't a joke. I speak facts. Uh, East Coast Taddy, that's pretty funny. Look, there's a positive. There's a positive one. Okay, okay, okay. Let's mock right now. We don't mock on this show, bro. This is a new show. I'm sorry, Scotty. I gotta have some format. I gotta have some... Um, uh, organization to the show, and I can't be hey, mock drafting all the time. Nighttime hunt this year. Obviously, Nick Chubb is the lead back there. But... So, so we we covered this already, obviously. But to address Nick Chubb, I will say, do I like Nick Chubb in 2022? Do I fear that that this quarterback situation is going to tear apart the continuity? And is Nick Chubb going to eventually be replaced? Um, not replaced. 
uh, uh, sharing carries get a lot of his workload replaced because of inefficiency. I'm not saying he's going to absolutely be um, ousted or replaced by Kareem Hunt. I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. He's not losing his job. Nick Chubb's one of the better pure runners in the NFL. But is he going to be inefficient at times given the volatility of the offense that doesn't have Deshaun Watson that's going through everything that it's going through and the team say, okay, let's mix up the running back rotation like we used to do to get Kareem Hunt and to get Nick Chubb and the running game going. That's what I'm saying. So understand, I don't want to hear, I just said Nick Chubb's getting benched. Does Nick Chubb lose a lot of touches to Kareem Hunt that we don't expect to, to, to occur now that ends up unfolding later because of the continuity of the offense? Does Kareem Hunt, is Kareem Hunt so good at pulling and passes comparatively to Nick Chubb that the team decides to do a running back by committee to try and uh, 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 fix the problems that arise from having Watson out? Like, think about it from a coaching perspective. If 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 the boxes are stacked against Nick Chubb and he's not efficient because he's facing eight-man front after eight-man front and defenses are like, go ahead and beat us through the air, uh, Brissett, or if Baker somehow remains on the roster and starts, which is always a possibility, but but Brissett's probably the starter. If defenses are, are, are making it so the Browns are awful through one, two, three games, it would not be shocking for them to say, Okay, we need Kareem Hunt to really mix this stuff up. We need Kareem Hunt to become what he was a couple of years ago when he outscored Nick Chubb when both of them were in the lineup rotating. So I really like the idea of buying Kareem Hunt, and I'm kind of an avoid on Nick Chubb unless he falls to like the, the turn picks in round two, like 10, the 10th pick in round two. I'm not taking Nick Chubb at 12. I'm not taking Nick Chubb at 14. I'm not taking Nick Chubb at 15. I'm not taking Nick Chubb anywhere unless he's like almost that like turn type of of player where running backs dry up and he's sitting there. Then I'm actually on board. Hey, Smitty, I didn't realize you were going to talk about Kareem Hunt, so I'll ask you another question. Obviously, the first three wide receivers for me off the board are Cup, Chase, and Jefferson. But after those three, who do you have as your fourth wide receiver? Is it Devontae Adams still? Is it Stephon Diggs? Is it CeeDee Lamb? Who would you take after those first three? Um, that's a good question. Four, number four wide receiver overall. Um, Adams is like the safest one. Do I like... Lamb quietly, I do. Does Debo have the potential to be the the fourth wide receiver? He 100% does. Does he have the risk that maybe makes it a little bit of a scary proposition to draft him as the fourth wide receiver? Absolutely. I think you got to take the Debo later, but could he finish as the number four wide receiver? He certainly could, especially with Trey Lance. Like everyone thinks that that Debo's stats are going to go down. Like it's absolute madness. You're going to have a better passer in there throwing the football to the guy that was the number one wide receiver in the NFL in yards per catch. You have Trey Lance coming in with a cannon, replacing a guy that can't throw a foot long. You can only throw a foot long in a commercial for Subway. Can't throw further than 10 yards down the field. And you got a guy coming in and absolutely dropping fire in Trey Lance. Um, Debo could certainly score there. But I'm going to say Adams is the safest. I think Debo... And Lamb and Diggs are all really, really close. You could make an argument for Diggs 
Diggs is one of the more, even though his stats have been down a little bit, he's the one of the most efficient wide receivers in conversion of his routes run in the NFL. And, and it's surprising and shocking when you look at wide receiver data that shows efficiency and ability to convert on their attempts. And you see Diggs in the top, like, you know, five every year. And it's like, wow, Diggs is absolutely efficient and phenomenal. Why doesn't he have wide receiver one overall stats? It's kind of confusing when you look at the data. But I think it tells you that Diggs is an amazing route runner, uh, very, uh, very, uh, very consistent. And that if Josh Allen does take another step forward, which he most certainly can, Diggs is going to be taken along for the ride. So Diggs is a decent, a very, very decent wide receiver, four, five, six. Lamb's a very good five, six, seven. Debo's a really good five, six, seven, or six, seven, eight. Um, but with upside the top four. And Adams is just kind of the safest guy, you know. Uh, Debo, running back, wide receiver. He's only a wide receiver in any system I've seen. But Debo is, Debo's going to be, like, I love the, People think Debo's held back by being a, a wide back. Like if he's wide back, he's getting more stats that replace what he's losing receiver wise. And if he stops playing wide back, he gets more receiving action. He doesn't just not get it. People think Ayuk's going to take it. Ayuk's the better route runner. Give me a break. If if Debo gets to go back to his full time role, which he's not, they're going to use him at wide back too. Um, people are crazy. They think they think they know the situation, but but. If he played wide receiver only, he would get more wide. He would get all the the 300 yards he got playing wide back. He'd get two or 300 of them back in terms of being a wide receiver. It's it's madness to be acting like Debo's got less value. It's crazy. Uh, C. Patterson's the only running back um, wide receiver on sleeper. Not anymore. He's now just a running back, which is weird, Swaggy. I think that's what you're kind of trying to say here. It's weird because C. Patterson is now moving to wide receiver. What's Sleeper going to do? Well, they, rip, they rip away his double eligibility because people whine, cry, and complain. And, and they did it about Taysom Hill when he earned every bit of his dual eligibility. He earned every bit of that during the year playing all the positions. He earned it. And people cried and complained until ESPN said, we got to do something. Everybody's upset. We've triggered some people. About Taysom Hill. We've got to put it back. We've got to make it right. And then Sleeper takes away Cordell Patterson's wide receiver eligibility. Yeah, sorry, Swaggy. His wide receiver eligibility when he's going toward being a wide receiver. And they're going to probably put Algier in at running back. What is going on here? Stop messing with the eligibility. Especially in the middle of drafts. Why they took away Cordell Cordelli. Cordaley Patterson, as we call him on the show, Cordaley, why take away Cordaley's wide receiver eligibility mid-drafts? In the middle, people drafted him because he was dual eligible. Unbelievable. Um, Taysom Hill did not deserve $20 million. Please... Uh, what does he say? Please tell me you didn't just say that. Say what? What on earth are you talking about? Who said anything about 20 million? Who said? It's like my mom. It's like, 
Hey, Mom, I'm going to back... This is when I was younger. I'm going to back the car out. Your your car's in front of the basketball hoop. You're not taking my car for a spin! I don't have you on the insurance! (laughs) Taysom Hill deserved his multiple dual eligibility. And then I get... You didn't just say that, that he deserved $20 million. It's an antique. (laughs) The car. You're not taking my car for a spin on Mill Avenue. Mom, I'm backing it out. Who said I'm going to Mill Avenue? Who said I'm taking it on the town? I am not on insurance. Good question. Ryan. What's up, Skinny? Quick question. How do you feel about Albert O on Denver? Um, Russell Wilson usually has some type of connection with his tight ends. Just want to see what you think. Albert O. Um, I like him a lot. Th- there's talk about them moving him over to wide receiver oftentimes not just tight end and that could open up a lot more production for him and opportunities but we'll have to see drafting um you know drafting albert o as a starter is risky right now because they brought in the rookie a lot of people like this kid I'm kind of I'm kind of concerned about the sleeper potential that he has as a number one tight end for anybody's team so I'm definitely gonna <laughs> your mom sounds thirsty I need a drink Smitty hey little Smitty did you say you got 470th place in underdog they can buy me a lot of drinks and some meatloaf uh, so Alberto's your backup. I like him, but he's your backup. That's it. You know, he used to be kind of in our talks of like the guys that could could be you know Friar Booth types, but not not right now. As a backup, maybe a guy you get to trade your starter away because Alberto is the real deal. But we got to see it happen. Drafting a rookie tight end. Um, not sure, you know what's going on there. I I, I like Alberto. You just got to be careful with him. I like him. Though. What's up, Smitty? For years, it's been my golden rule in fantasy football not to draft a player that's returning from major uh, injuries. Of course, it doesn't work always. Adrian Peterson most famously had that great year after coming back, and recently, Joe Burrow. So my question is, with the advancement of sports medicine, is my golden rule now outdated? Um, No, your golden rule is probably going to avoid more problems. What am I doing here? Wide receiver, four overall injured players. Uh, injured players. Your golden rule is probably going to save you more than it hurts you. Because, you know, and it depends on the injury. But, like, take take uh, J.K. Dobbins. Take uh, from last year as an example of J.K. Dobbins this year. Take Saquon Barkley. Take Mike Thomas. Take uh, uh, CMC. And apply it to Derrick Henry. Apply it to... J.K. Dobbins, apply it to, you could even say ETN, like, let's be honest here, there, there's potential risk for him, there's, there certainly is, the difference between ETN, J.K. Dobbins, Mike Thomas, Christian McCaffrey, is that ETN's on the field 
and looks explosive and says he's 100%. Now, players are always going to say they're 100%. You can't always trust a player, especially Tyreek Hill. You can't, like, we no longer can trust Tyreek Hill whatsoever because Tyreek Hill, he puts on his Tua goggles and Tua's, oh my God, Tua's, the, he's better than Josh Allen. Two, did you see that spiral? Did you see that spiral? Tua, Tua, that was a spiral. <laughs> that wasn't a punt. This is how Tua throws the ball. Um, It looks glorious with these goggles on. It looks like this. These goggles are amazing. Um, look, injuries are a big deal. You come back, but ETN looks good. ETN looks good. Injuries are a big deal. When you come back from a torn ACL... And you're J.K. Dobbins. And and what did I tell you? No news is bad news. No news is bad news. And the fact that you hadn't heard anything about J.K. Except for this one little video clip recently of him knocking over uh, like an assistant. That's holding up a like a dummy. And everybody's like, he's back, he's back. Oh my God, you see? Like J.K. Dobbins is not healthy or ready. He's not going to play in preseason games is the new word. Maybe he's not ready for week one. He's not going to have that quick step or the ability that he once had in the beginning part of the season, if not all year long. So we definitely have to be very, very careful where we draft players like that. Nine times out of ten, Rafael says like and subscribe. Nine times out of ten, you're going to avoid disaster but it's situation based every case is different so don't put a blanket statement on that or a blanket approach on everything but in general you're not far off and i think avoiding injured players coming off of a season ending injury especially acl especially achilles james robinson give me a break i love what james robinson's doing his role right now is important and vital to the to the adp droppage of etn etn to the moon ETN to the is moon. phenomenal. ETN is going to be dropping loads all over the field. Get Jefferson. Get I don't have that clip. Where's that clip at? I got to find it again. Get Lamb. Get Lamb. What's that split screen doing? What's going on here? What's going on here? I don't like that at all. There we go. There we go. Get lambed. Get burrowed. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed. ETN, I love. He's an injured player. It all makes sense. It's worth the risk, but there is risk. Let's be honest. There's risk. He's coming off a a season-ending injury. There's risk, but we've seen ETN. We've seen him on the field. He looks quick. He says he's 100%. I believe him. He's doing rehab to stay 100%. ETN feels like the exception to the rule that I do apply oftentimes to injured players. Stay away from Akers. Stay away from JK. Stay away from Mike Thomas. Stay away from Derrick Henry to a degree. Stay away from Christian McCaffrey to a degree. Um, it, it, it's just, it's not a good look, bro. That's Andy, right? What's up, Smitty? For years, it's been my golden rule. Okay. Brad. Smitty. Brad. I'm curious, um, what's the highest you would take? Rashad White in a rookie draft. Five. Where, where do you have him? I mean, the highest you'd take him. I know you're reaching a couple of picks here and there on, on your guy. 
five. I tried to do some maneuvering in the first round before. Well, most of my, my league's probably still asleep at the wheel at this point, to be honest with you, my home league. So I'm trying to do some maneuvering before they figure it out. Yeah. Um, stay away from Godwin, of course, bro. Of Steven. I've seen, you know what? I, I got so frustrated with people drafting Godwin in like round five in the early part of the offseason. I'm like, are you, do you guys not pay attention? Godwin's not going to be ready for week one. What are you doing? And then people are like, oh crap, I didn't know that. Like, God, Godwin's not playing week one. Even if he did, he'd be, he'd be so off and potentially at risk of getting injured. Like, don't go near Godwin. He's not falling to a place where it makes sense. People are still taking him really high. And, and when you think about, like, Godwin and Hopkins, they're both out, right? Take the guy that's healthy, even if they came back in the same week, or even if Godwin comes back a little earlier, Hopkins is in much better positioning to do well than Godwin trying to get healthy. He's barely going to get healthy enough to get on the field, and you're going to expect him to go to go crazy. Not to mention he's an injury-prone player, Coming back from an injury usually indicates or sets you up for another injury like hamstring injuries. ACL tears usually lead to hamstring injuries that first year back. Remember Dalvin Cook came back from his torn ACL? He had hamstring issues the entire second year. Um, so there's that. Uh, I think we're all set on the voice messages for today. Let's go ahead um, and open up the phone lines for just a few, a few minutes here. Call into the show. Call, call, call into the show. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. Dial into the show, people. Um, you hung up. Try again. Acres will be fine this year, says Swaggy. Okay. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Hey, Sammy. What's up? Who's this? It's, uh, Scott, man. It's Scott, man. How you doing, bro? Let me turn, let me turn the TV down real quick. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Scott. Hang on, hang on. I'm doing it, man. Just give me a sec. The, wor- the worst is when someone oh, calls in, Scott. It. Scott. Hey, the- man. I just, I just want to see. Hey, real quick one, man. Just give me a, a, a trade grade. Okay. Uh, I traded Singletary for Mike Evans. I mean, of course. Like, you blasted him. My my question is a: yep. How's your grandma feel? Is she upset? Is she talking to you? Uh, B: You got to ask yourself: Is this getting vetoed? Because it's an awful trade. You absolutely no, blasted. Already got it done. Already got it. Already got it done. That's crazy, bro. There's no reason somebody should be trading Devin Singletary, trading for Devin Singletary, for uh, I give, giving up. I didn't think it. Man. I, I went real heavy on running back. So I really needed a, a wide receiver, another one. So yeah, well, yeah, I mean, good even if you didn't need one, you need to make that trade and then trade. You know, let's say you didn't need the wide receiver, but you needed a running back and you traded a running back. That's what doesn't I don't get when people are like, I can't make that trade because I need a running back. 
Mike Evans would get you a better running back than Devin Singletary will get you. So now you could, if you needed to, and it sounds like you need a wide receiver, so you don't need to do this, but I could turn that into, you know, Brees Hall, you know, or whatever, if I needed to go running back. So good move. Good move. I already got Brees Hall. I mean, you knew I was going to say that. You know, part part of you knew you were going to hear me say that was an absolute smash, right? Oh, yeah, man. I knew it. You came I was in, just you, calling you, you, came in, you, you came in flexing, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, what else so, you got? Me, right? What else you got? That's it, brother. That's it right now. Hey, I appreciate you. All right, man. Have a good day. Uh, call in any time, bro. Out, right? Call in any time, all right? At the, moon... At the moonshot, ain't it? You want a moonshot? Yeah, man. You get a, You get a moonshot, buddy boy. Here you go. To the moon. Hey, the... man, I'll call, I'll, call again. I'll call again a little show, man. All right, man. Appreciate you. Um, what I was trying to say before he he uh, asked this question was, that it's the worst when somebody calls in and they're like, Hey, Smitty. Hey, Smitty. What do you, what do you think of, what do you think of? <laughs> it's like the show's blaring in the background louder than the individual. You got to turn it down, turn down the dial when you call in, just like the old radio days. What's up, BAP? Uh, East Coast Taddy, humble brag. Yeah, you know what? We're okay with the humble brags. You know, you you come in and you blast grandma with a trade like that. It's okay. You can come in and flex it. He came in and flexed it, and boy, did he do good. So absolutely love it. Nice trade, pal. Nice trade. Humble brags are okay. We all need them sometimes. Swaggy acres will be fine. You trust your gut, big boy. I'm going to stay away from it. I'm staying away from it. I'm not going near Acres. I don't think he's fallen far enough in, in the real world. In our, in our world, he falls to around five. In the real world, he goes a lot higher. You're you're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? Hey, it's the Bruce. The Bruce is loose. The Bruce is loose. What's I have up? a question. What is the... What... With suspensions, like, we already know Hopkins is six games. Kamara, I believe he's going to be ten games. What is your line in the stand for them kind of guys? Guys you know are actually going to miss games. Uh, yeah, uh, East Coast Taddy, I'll, I'll, I'll get to this voice or this uh, right here after the Bruce, so get ready, okay? Um, I, you know, my line in the stand for, for Kamara specifically, is that what your question is? No, suspension, like suspended players like Hopkins, Kamars, you know, going to be suspended. What's your line in the sand for, like, guys, if you know physically, hey, they're suspended for X, Y, and Z amount of games like Hopkins, what's your, you know, line in the sand? I mean, every every case is in the first six. Every case is different. So in Hopkins's case, uh, it's round seven to eight. I don't take them in six. The later, the better, but, but like seven's okay. Cause in the throne draft, we drafted Hopkins in round, uh, what was it? It was round, let me pull it up. It was like round, I want to say, here's the draft room. Let me pull it up right here. Let me share the screen. So this is the throne draft right here. We took Hopkins in at seven point one. 
Can you oh, see? Okay. Can you see that? I don't know if you're watching. Yeah. But 7.1, uh, and then we took Brandon Ayuk almost 24 picks later at 8.12. So, I mean, that's phenomenal. Like, we almost took Brandon Ayuk at 7.1. We skipped him and took Hopkins, and we still got Ayuk at 8.12. So now Hopkins becomes, uh, and l- let me put this up. I'll show our team. I-, I know you know it, but some of the people may not. But here's our team right here. We've got. Herbert, Taylor, Brees Hall, Tyreek Hill, Mike Williams, DeAndre Hopkins, Dawson Knox, Tony Pollard, Brandon Ayuk, Tyler Algier, Rashad White. So now we have Ayuk that gets to fill the Hopkins spot. So my line in the sand is in a place where I can keep like Hopkins as a secret weapon. Like he doesn't even have to start for us. We could have Ayuk start all year. Hopkins is that win a league guy for us. Tony Pollard is in our flex spot. I love that. Absolutely phenomenal, bro. But uh, so Hopkins, I'd say seven. Let me look at the let's look at the board here and let's try and come up with numbers. So who's your next one, Kamara? Yeah, Kamara. When so, you know he's probably gonna miss the same amount of time. Yeah, let's say maybe it's, more. Let's say it's six games. So looking at this this draft here, I would say, you know, AJ Brown, you'd be crazy to take. Camara over AJ Brown, Josh Allen, um, Monty, you know, Metcalf, Gibby, Herbert. So you're looking at like fourth round, like in the fourth round, you can find better players. In the fourth round, you shouldn't have a problem finding a better player in the fourth round. McLaurin, I'd rather McLaurin than Camara if he's missing six games. I think where it gets interesting is like round five or in round four. Like if, if Gibby's gone, Herbert's gone. Uh, and and you're looking at you know you're looking at maybe a J.K. Dobbins or a Camara. Give me Camara all day because I'd rather have Camara in another player than have you know what I'm saying. So yeah, yeah. Uh, would I rather have DJ Moore or Camara? I'd rather have Camara. Would I rather have Allen Robinson or Camara? I'd rather have Camara. Like Allen Robinson has no business at four point one one in my opinion. I think J.K. Yeah. Dobbins. Even though his ADP is clearly in the third or fourth round, he has no business in the third or fourth round. I think Deontay has no business in the in the early fourth at all. I don't think Pittman is a good late third or early fourth rounder. I don't think T. Higgins is a good mid third or earlier pick. I just think it's too early. But do I like those guys over um, Kamara? Some of them, but Kamara's is tough. Yeah, suspensions are tough. You run the risk of really screwing your team up. It's not worth it. Okay. All right, the Bruce. You got anything else? Uh, yeah, I got one more. All right. Um, does the receiver make the quarterback, or does the quarterback make the receiver? Like, is Tyree Kill? We took him in the throne league, but um, is he worth that value when he doesn't have Mahomes? Where I can grab Juju, I'm just using him because he's the big name. I can grab Juju later and say, you know what? You're the new Tyree Kill. See, I'm on the, the board of I'll take the quarterback, the better quarterback situation. Um, But there's a couple people here that are, that are fans now that I got to like that said they'd rather have the receiver than the quarterback. Like Tyree Kill, they claim is going to be better than Juju. I take Juju. I say Juju's better. 
I think Sky Moore is going to be. Just because he has Mahomes. I think Sky Moore is probably the best wide receiver option right now, in my opinion. It seems like him and Mahomes are building a good rapport. I'm not a big Juju supporter. I'm not a big MVS guy outside of Aaron Rodgers throwing him the football. I'm not a Miko Hardman guy. I am a big Justin Ross supporter in Dynasty, and I'm Me hopeful. Too. I'm hopeful late in redraft in, in the season he can emerge because he he could be the number one wide receiver in the entire 2022 rookie wide receiver draft class. But the neck and spine thing obviously put him in a position where he didn't get drafted, and his career could never materialize because of that injury. I don't know. None of us know how he's going to respond with that injury. But Justin Ross, the uh, undrafted free agent that that KC brought in, they're the only team that wanted to sign him, was literally on track to be the number one wide receiver in the entire draft class, suffered the, the neck injury, had a fusion in the spine and the vertebrae, like one of the top vertebrae was like fused and like it's really scary, like he almost was deemed never to play again and then he got cleared, we just don't know how he's going to respond, but he's my favorite to be talent-wise the number one in KC eventually, that's my, my hope. It's it's not a favorite. It's a hope. It's a it's a bold prediction. It's a, you know, I like him a lot. But if not, Sky Moore's the guy. Like I think Sky Moore's the guy to own. I think Sky Moore. They drafted him for a reason. He looks really good. He's got great rapport. Trust your gut, though. But to answer your question, the quarterback does quarterback make the wide receiver? The wide receiver make the quarterback? It's just like, it's like anything else. You know, does 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 your upbringing make you who you are? Does your genetics make you who you are? It's a balance of both. Sometimes the genetics genetics are more overpowering than the nurture. Sometimes the nurture overpowers the genetics. You know, sometimes a really bad person is actually a, a good person that has bad tendencies that's always kept them at bay because their upbringing was so amazing. Sometimes a, a good genetically built person has such a horrible upbringing they become a bad individual. You never really know. The The measuring of those things are too difficult to, to like put a formula on because every case is different. So is Jamar Chase the same wide receiver as Justin Jefferson in Minnesota? No. Is Barry Sanders the same as Emmett? Is Emmett the same as... Like, you can't compare anything because you just don't know. Would Barry Sanders have been the same guy if he wasn't running from his, for his life making his own plays? Everyone always says you put Barry in the Dallas offense, he would have been unbelievable. I, I do think that probably would have been true. But there's there's something to the fact that defenses would, would swarm in on Barry and literally Barry would slip out of having five, six guys around him and there'd be no one left in, in the defensive backfield to, to get Barry so it was like it was it's just hard to break down is Aaron Rodgers making Adams who Adams is today would Adams ever have developed into as good he would definitely have been good but would Adams have ever become Adams without Aaron Rodgers I think he probably wouldn't have been the same exact player he would have been a little bit lesser of an individual on the field because Rodgers made him Rodgers helped make him right um um Joe Burrow Throwing to Jefferson, I venture to say Jefferson would be by far and away the, the best wide receiver in the NFL and maybe one of the best wide receivers we would ever see play the game and probably have like a 20-touchdown type of season. In Minnesota, he's held back to 14, 15 scores probably. Um, Joe Burrow connecting with Chase, could that could, make, that could make Chase the number one wide receiver in the league. You give Kirk Cousins... You give Jamar Chase Kirk Cousins, maybe he's not even a top three wide or four wide receiver. It's so hard to know. It's a it's it's not a question anybody can answer. But hey, Bruce, the Bruce, I appreciate you. I'm going to let you jump. Call back if you have another question. Yep. Um, East Coast Taddy 
says, hey, Smitty, can you say hi to my son, Shane? He's six and learning fantasy football watching you. Okay, Shane. We appreciate you. Take your first lap, Shane. We're gonna we're gonna take just a soft lap. We're gonna ease into it. We're not gonna we're not gonna give you the, the, the hardcore take a lap button. We're gonna do the soft little Take a lap, take a lap. Take a lap, Shane. Take a, lap, take, a nice take, healthy take a lap. lap. Laps are good for you. We appreciate you being here, Shane. These are the good Take a lap, take a lap, laps. Take a lap, take a lap. Um Call into the show. Dial 602. Jefferson over Chase. Yeah. Oh, call back. It hung up. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Oh, maybe that didn't hang up. Ron Navy. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. What can I do for you? Hey, Smith, it's Andy. Andy, what's up? Hey, I wanted to talk to you about uh, your best ball strategy, your best player available strategy. Okay. And how you implement that. Because I am one of those people that likes to wait. You know, I like I want Reese Hall. I want Kenneth Walker, but I want I want them in the fourth round. I want Kenneth Walker in the eighth round. So it's just a little confusing. I understand it. I agree with it. A lot of it, but it's a total switch for me to draft your style. Well, but here's the thing, though, is my style is your style. It's just you're not always going to be draft you know you'll you'll maybe fall into line with what you would normally do with using my style my style is like a i don't know it, it keeps you like balanced and, and and guided it's like a guide and then eventually lets you go into your your strategy so best player available opens the door to running back running back best player available could open the door to wide receiver wide receiver it could be zero running back zero rb but best player available essentially is going to ensure that you're not drafting a position, you're drafting a player. You know, like the the thing you want to ask yourself every time you're on the clock, it, it's so hard for people to do. It's very easy to say, but very hard to do is to say to yourself, right. is this the best player on the board? And I'm not talking about ADP. People mix up ADP and best player available all the time. They think, oh, what Smitty's saying is draft off the ADP list and not even use your brain. That's not what best player available is. Best player available is sometimes you're reaching. Sometimes you're reaching hardcore. Sometimes I'm taking Brees Hall at 3.4 instead of 4.7 because it's the best player available, the best move. In the throne draft, um, I'll I'll share the screen with you uh, right here. We took Brees Hall at 3.1. That was extremely high, but if you look at the draft board, so go from 3.1 over to 3.2 to 3.3, 3.4. ETN was the only other running back that was left. Running backs got scooped up. And so it's ETN and Brees Hall, the top running backs in our opinion. Then you got Connor, who I like Connor, but he's not a great third round pick. Elliott's a horrible third round pick. Monty's a decent running back at this stage, but Akers, there is nobody left. We had to go Brees Hall or we wouldn't have made it down 24 picks, 12 across or 11 across and 11 back. There's no way we would have had Brees Hall or a running back that would have fallen to us. We had to take him early. So people don't, I don't think, always understand what best player available means. It can oftentimes mean you're reaching. You can reach in best player available. You've got to ask yourself this question every time you're on the clock. Is this player 
the most capable player of exploding from their draft value out of everybody that's left? If the answer is yes, then it's probably the right pick. If you say to yourself, ah, they'll have to do really well to earn this, you're making a horrible pick. Right. My mentality is like, is I like, I don't get the degree that Brees Hall is not the best player, best running back available. Like, I don't disagree with that in that, in that scenario at yeah. the 3-1. But my mentality is if I could get Brees Hall at the four, you know what I mean? At the fourth round, then my team is better. And okay. I have a better ROI percentage of return on Brees Hall. Case my by mentality. Ca- it's case by case though. So in this situation, 3.1, he was the fourth-ranked running back on the ADP list, on the pre-rank list. There's no chance Brees Hall would have made it all the way down and all the way back. So you're right. If you're drafting in the middle of round three, or if you're drafting at the end of round three, top of round four, you have a much more likely chance of landing Brees Hall in round four. But if you're drafting at the tail end of round four, and running backs are flying off the board, and Brees Hall is the fourth-ranked running back available. You have to make a decision to alter that plan of where you where you drop Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Here's the thing. Right. Here's the thing that makes me comfortable with Brees Hall three point one because a lot of people will say it makes no sense. You, you're taking him too early. We're not. Look at the board. But when you when you when you look at Brees Hall from three point one, is he capable of top five to ten running back production? If the answer is no, then that's where the individual and I part ways on the Brees Hall topic because I can't talk sense into somebody that sees something different than I do like that. So why not just let them have their opinion? They could be right. I think Brees Hall could destroy 3.1 value. Absolutely annihilate it. He could climb all the way up to where you see Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry ranked on on this draft. He could score. That, that's a lot of climbing. That's in a, climbing an entire second round and climbing half of the first round. That would be one of the biggest returns on investment in fantasy football 2022. If Brees Hall becomes as good as where Henry's ranked at the end of the day in hindsight, he scores like the 1.7, 1.8. That is the biggest climber in fantasy football. Like So people act like Brees Hall can't crush 3.1 ADP. He can. But are you correct? Are you better off? If Brees Hall is the 10th running back ranked, not the 10th overall player, but the 10th running back ranked, and you've got 10 picks in between uh, your next pick, it's an easy wait. Easy wait. And then you're right. You smash even more when he lands, and you protect yourself a little more if he runs into a running back by committee in weeks one, two, three, and four. So, yeah, your return on investment is yeah, way more. It's case but, by yeah, case, I mean, I definitely left wrap with food on the table you know what i mean yeah people that i wanted doing it my style and someone else scooped them up i mean that's the way it goes yeah it's case by case so i see i mean i just want to understand it a little more it's interesting and i definitely want to implement it more into my game i don't know if i'm as gung-ho as you but i I mean i like it well what's what's the strategy you like more though that you're tempted to like more well it's just what i've done is you know i try and wait you know, I'll have a group of guys. Like, let's say in the third round, like where T. Higgins is going and A.J. Brown. Well, I like Mike Williams just as much as those guys. They're pretty much, they're the same to me. Maybe maybe a little more, of course. I would like A.J. Brown. So I'll wait on wide receiver. So, and then I'll just take Mike Williams in the fifth. And so I'll take another position. 
Is your plan only to wait then on wide receiver? Is that what you're saying? That you always wait on wide receiver? Like, I'm not sure what your plan is. Because your plan could be... My, okay, your plan- I'll give you... Let me give you a better example. I like Mike, Mark Andrews. Like, my opinion, he's a first-round pick. But I'm not going to pick Mark Andrews in the first round. I'm going to try and get him in the second or the third, if possible. I mean, you're so doing... that's my mentality. You're doing... But, me, but you're doing best player... But you're doing best player available, and you don't even really know it. Like, it's not like... It's not like you're implementing it fully the way that I'm describing it, but you're not not doing best player available. What you're doing is you're making assessments of, okay, I like Mike Williams. He can explode at his ADP. That's best player available. Like you're, you're implementing it in your own way. The question you got to, the tweaking you got to do is just make sure you're asking the question every time you're on the clock. If you're on the clock, let's say you're on the clock at that 2.2 pick where that guy took Camaro. Mm -hmm. Awful pick. And and there's there's definitely the, the the news came out later that it was he was looking at facing or bracing for a six game suspension, but that news isn't like anything new. We all knew Camaro was probably looking at a lengthy suspension, so there's no excuse for that pick, given that information was totally already known. At two point two, let's pretend we're at two point two right there. Every player behind Camaro we could draft. Who is the best player available to me at two point two? So let's look backwards. Diggs is fantastic because he could be a top five wide receiver, but can he hit the can he hit a home run from there? A little a little bit. Javante Williams to me, even though he falls to 2.8, so to what you're kind of thinking, you're gonna try and make him fall all the way to the to the absolute, you know, push the envelope and, and I think that's your your strategy. It's best player available to a right. degree, but you're literally not gonna draft Javante until He's either at his ADP or later, or you're just not doing it. I will reach. Javante Williams, to me, has the most upside at 2.2 out of every player that's on the board from Camara on back. That includes Lamb. That includes uh, Diggs. That includes Chubb. It includes every single player you see. Debo, everybody. Javante Williams could be the number one running back in fantasy football 2022. If you don't believe that, that's fine. That's fine. That's, again, where we part ways on the topic. He could crush his ADP, be the number one overall player in fantasy football, and you can get him as your second drafted player. That is a smash. That is best player available every time. I reach all the time in the confines of best player available. All the time. So, like, in that that opinion, in that instance, so, like, Mark Andrews would be my best player. He'd be my best player at 2.2. Wrong or right, that's what my opinion is. So then, you're just saying I should just grab him, just grab Andrews at two two. I mean, if that's, that's the way, if that's the way you feel, when I see Mark Andrews there, I see a player that is not the best player available. I see a player that right, has right. to deliver. So that so we're, if you felt that way, I would say yes. But I I would say that Mark Andrews at two point two has to deliver in order to earn his value. That's the complete opposite of what I would think, because yeah. if if he if he hits a home run, he earns you your value. There's no way he can explode from that draft selection. Best player available is a guy that has the most ability to reach and explode and climb. Think about like a climber. Who could climb the highest? What player has the most ability to climb the highest? You're telling me Andrews could climb higher than 2.2? I don't think he can. He's not the best player available at all at that point for for me. And I respect your opinion, right, but, right. but is yeah, he going to climb in the top opinion, five overall right value? You what? 
You want I'm more, yeah, I'm more talking about the strategy, not nitpicking on yeah, what I, player we like, play. I like, mean, I understand what you mean. Let but. me give you another example. Look at uh, Josh Allen at 3.9. That's a real good one to talk about because is he the best player available? Here's the dilemma is look at Burrow. Look at Burrow down at 7.8. Like that is like when he fell the the seventh round, we were sick because we already had Justin Herbert and we could have got Burrow at seven point one. But when you right. look at when you look at where the quarterbacks are, though, like let, let's go to Herbert actually. Our pick Herbert four point one two. It makes me sick that Burrow could have been there at seven point one. But when you actually look at it, who was the best player available at four point one two? It was Herbert. I I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't take it back to draft Burrow at seven point one. I wouldn't because if you look from 4.12 down to Mike Williams, which was our pick, so we're not going to include him, Jacobs, Brandon Cooks. I like Hollywood Brown, but he's not a must over Herbert. Sutton, he's you know good. Sanders, not a huge fan. Mitchell, I do like Mitchell a lot. None of these names, bro, are making me say, oh my God, we totally just punted an elite player. They're all good players. But Herbert is the biggest bang for the buck, the most capable of being the number one scorer. Him and Josh Allen and Burrow and Mahomes, really, but mainly Herbert and Allen, in my opinion, right here, are the most capable of being the number one overall fantasy scorer out of all positions for 2022. Herbert was a smash at 4.12. An absolute smash. I wouldn't take it back even in... Recon, you know, re, re, reconstructing this and reworking it backwards, it was an absolute crush. Like you, you crush it from that, right. that pick. That's but what I'm trying to say. People from that fifth round, they rise up all the time, and they're they win you they win you championships all the time. Yeah, guys in those ranges. They but, might not look as much now, but later on in the year, Elijah Mitchell might be the best running back in the league. Jerry yeah, Judy but, could be you know going nuts. But do you All see? These things are the you know possible outcomes. Yeah, but do you see what so, I'm saying? I mean, I'm not against or what. I just want to learn from it because I, I mean, I do miss on players that I want quite a bit, and it. Yeah, yeah you, you got to be. You got to my things. You got to be more open minded to reaching a little <laughs> bit because you got it. Like the 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 Brees Hall pick is absolutely phenomenal in this scenario, and then. When Brees Hall can fall to your 4.2, it's even more phenomenal. But it's not like when you compare apples to apples. Like, could you argue Herbert at 3.1? I mean, you could. I, it wouldn't be a great, great choice because there are a lot of players still on the board that you might want. But if you could argue Herbert at 3.1 and argue Brees Hall at 4.12, it's like apples to apples comparison when you when you look at that stuff you have to look at the end result like it at the end of the day we got a steal in justin herbert and we took a reach on Brees hall and if you flipped them you could make it make sense and that is where the balance comes in one reach protected by two safe players is a pretty good approach for me i don't mind reaching as long as you're not reaching at every pick one reach is kind of okay if you protect it with a bunch of safe players around it um Right, best player available. Uh, let me let me t- toss up one more example. Like Kenneth Walker, six point one zero. He was by far and away the best player available at that pick. We almost got him at six point one two. I would have been ecstatic. I was very disappointed. I do love Pollard a lot, so I'm not that mad. But but Walker right there at six point one zero. We have people in our mock drafts taking him in the fourth round. 
That's not advised. I don't want yeah, it. I don't understand it. I keep telling people to stop doing it. You got to bake in the value and risk. And Walker at six point one zero. If he shares carries all year, only gets four starts. Very disappointing. He probably comes very close to still earning that value. So when I say best player available, he could be a top 10 overall running back once he gets in there. And at 6.10, he could explode from his ADP. Drafting a guy like, uh, let's say, um, let me look, Robert Woods at 7.7 in the exact smack middle of the draft right here. Awful pick. Absolutely dreadful draft selection. You have Burrow. You literally passed on Joe Burrow for Robert Woods. What in the hell is wrong with you? Who was that? Who was yeah. that? Burrow, who, Russell Wilson. Who did that? Got... Who did that? That's awful. That is an awful pick. I'm going to roast that. That was Analyst. That was my boy Joey. That was awful. Like that is the, That was one of the worst picks and decisions you could make at that point in the draft. Robert Woods coming off injury? Changing teams, new playbook, not healthy. You t- you pass on a guy that could be the number one, number two, number three quarterback and could be the number one, number two, or number three overall scorer in fantasy. That is the difference between best player available and taking a position instead of a player. Burrow and Woods, right. side by side. One of them is a league winner at 7.8. The other one's trash. And we love Bobby Trees on the show, but in terms of fantasy value, it's trash. It's not a good pick whatsoever. Yeah, all right, man. Well, it's interesting. I mean, what you do is pretty unique, but I mean, all right, keep, man. Just mix it in. You don't have to change anything. Just start start making sure you are comfortable reaching, and then you're you're already drafting it, bro. You're already doing it. You just got to implement it a little bit differently. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks. Later. Um. Anyway. Appreciate everybody dialing into the show. I think that's going to do it for today. We've been live for an hour and 36 minutes. Uh, 68 of you in here, please wipe your feet. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. That means we'll be back Monday. But that doesn't mean I don't go live anytime there's breaking news. Anytime news breaks, I jump in here in the studio. I fire it up. Don't we, don't we, Ziggy? Hey, Ziggy, we do it right, don't we? He's garbage. Hey, Ziggy, what's up? Ziggy, are you there? I'm here. I listen once I hear the wake word. (laughs) He's garbage, bro. Um, We're live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, Anytime there's breaking news, I come in and I tell that man right there, that worthless piece of garbage right there that runs my studio, I tell him to fire it up. I say, Ziggy, studio off. We got to turn it off. Ziggy, studio off. So I, fi- I news breaks. DK Metcalf signs his contract. Your boy Smitty. I walk in like this. Here we go. In breaking news... DK Metcalf signs a big monster contract. Ziggy, Ziggy, studio on. Did you mean bedroom? Oh my God, Ziggy, studio on. Ziggy, studio on.
he's worthless. Anyway, something to that degree. We fire up the show. I go live. When news breaks, I want you to think of me. When news breaks, you know I'm live. That's what I do. I work for you. I go live. Plain and simple. So what happens if breaking news breaks? In the chat, I go live. You come here. This is where you venture to. Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, unless there's breaking news. I'm also on thefantasyfootballshow.com, my one-on-one text line. Go order it. Get on-demand text service with me. I carry two phones around. Every time you text me on a real phone, real number, I will leave you and hold down the voice message and give you a minute or two response, um, and it's going to be absolutely phenomenal service every single time. Ron Navy draft went pretty good overall. Appreciate you, Ron. Appreciate everything you do. Click the link. Play Underdog Fantasy in 2022. Take advantage of Brees Hall. Take advantage of Kenny Walker. Take advantage of all these players that are going really, really late and shouldn't. Take care. Take care of. Take advantage of Burrow and Herbert. Go click the link and leave a comment. I respond to every comment. See you tonight. Mock draft. We probably will mock draft tonight, I assume, or I might do a, a Q&A on the streets. I don't always want to mock draft every single night, so we may change it up, and I might do a Q&A on the streets of Tempe like we did last time. It's always kind of a good little live, so that might be what we do tonight, so stay tuned. Again, promo code SMITTY, link in description. Get your TheFantasyFootballShow.com membership. Become a YouTube exclusive member. Click on the blue join button on the main YouTube page of mine. And you can drop emojis. You can get standing ovations out of boys. Mashed potatoes by joining up. Appreciate every single one of you. I work for you. Bro.